Hello, everybody. Welcome to our new episode of the Final Cut Podcast. This is our sixth episode. It's a big episode. We're gonna be covering. We're we're gonna be uh, bringing you all the Toronto Film Fest movies that we saw. This will be like our first episode. Yeah. Yeah. We this, yeah. It's like a recap of everything we saw. We saw a lot of good stuff. I made her see Marriage Story as well. <laughs> and I cried. Yeah, you. Uh, in the beginning, you're like, I don't want to see it because I don't like Scarlett Johansson. And then you're like, I cried three times. I don't think I cried three times. <laughs> we still didn't get into Knives Out. We didn't get into Jojo Rabbit. But they're all playing Chicago Film Fest. And so we'll cover them there. But we got into the lighthouse. And it was amazing. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um... Do you want to talk about Freaks on this episode, or do you want to leave it to just Toronto Film Fest stuff? Um, we can talk about it. I mean... Just briefly. It was a good movie. I would recommend seeing it over It Chapter 2, because that movie was boring. Okay, well, first... And all they did was bully Pennywise into... melting. (laughs) Like, it was not good. I, I, I don't even... We're not even going to do an Ip Chapter 2 episode. I didn't even see it, so... Yeah. I mean, it... it... <laughs> anyway, so... Just go, go see Freaks instead. Just support the, the, the indie films. Because we missed it last year at Toronto Film Fest. We had tickets for it, and we were in line for it, but they were running behind on schedule, and we had tickets to see the Halloween premiere, so... We, we kind of we, we kind of <laughs> dropped it for the Halloween showing. Although, if, if they didn't fuck around so much, we may have been able to run over. Mm-hmm. So, but let's let's kick it off with some uh, news and trailers. You want to start with some news that you got? Well, so we posted two trailers this week or last week. Now I guess did maybe we? even the week before. It's been like two <laughs> weeks since we did an episode. <laughs> um, but the first trailer we posted was the Turkish thriller The Antenna, which that played at TIFF while we were there, but we didn't see it. Um, it's reminiscent of Cronenberg's Videodrome, and it takes place in a dystopian Turkey where the government begins installing new networks throughout the country to monitor people. Um, I haven't looked, I think it, did, did you look at, uh, what kind of reviews it was getting out of TIFF? Uh, it, it got okay reviews. I'm going to see it, I think, Saturday or Sunday at Fantastic Fest, so. He uh, leaves tonight. I'll write a review for that and send it to you, and you can put it on our wonderful Instagram and Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, we, then we also posted the trailer for, um, the documentary, Wrinkles the Clown, which is by Michael Beach Nichols, who directed the 2015 Welcome to Leith, which was an award-winning documentary. And you guys have probably seen that now online, but it's about a clown who went viral from a YouTube video of him being paid to scare misbehaving children. And that is going to be in theaters and VOD October 4th. Yeah, Magnolia is putting that out, and uh, I think what the events took place from like it started in like 2014, and it took place in like Florida or something yeah, like Florida, that. Yeah, Florida, of course, Florida. But you see, <laughs> of course, Florida, because anything happens in Florida. <laughs> but like, 
it's it like the guy did welcome the leaf that documentary was awesome so i have full faith in this guy doing wrinkles the cloud he's only done documentaries right oh really but they're all like award-winning documentaries i think oh he's only done oh i I thought you told me that i think he's done one other documentary i don't know the name of it my letterbox is being a piece of shit right now but uh yeah and then what you had a little monsters thing too well, we've been talking about that movie, obviously, almost every episode, I feel like, and we're always talking about it online because it was one of our favorite films from Sundance, and... Because it's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, and we've been in, like, uh, Neon and Hulu got the rights for it, like, pretty much right after the fest, and so we've been impatiently waiting for a U.S. release, and they are finally getting a release. It is, will first arrive in theaters, but for only one night. That's what sucks, is like, I think they could have made some money off of it. Oh, for sure. Especially because of the cast, also. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a bunch of no-name people, but I mean, you got Lupita Nyong'o, you got Josh Gad, and your neon does a good job at putting out their movies mm-hmm. and like they're putting out the lodge here in like november november 15th i believe we saw that at sundance and it's one of those ex- existential dread movies but like little monsters like everybody's like oh the zombie that was like the feel-good movie of the year well the zombie everybody's like the zombies genre is whatever there's nothing new to it and then you have movies like little monsters that come in they add this new, like, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, Shaun of the Dead, because it's got mm-hmm. that comedy to it. And then you but got... But then also the super touching story of, like, the kindergarten teacher. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't really know about that unless they were at the Q&A, but that's why we're here to tell you the Q&A. I mean, you can tell from the preview that it's like a class field trip type thing. Yeah, but you don't know that it's kind of, like, based off the director's son. Right. So, I mean, I mean, you got m- movies like Little Monsters. Unfortunately, what? October 8th is October the... October 8th is the night it will be in theaters. So see if it's playing by you because it's that only that one night. I know it's playing a- AMC Sherville 16. I'm going to go see it. Right. Uh, so it should be playing by you. And then if not, they're going to begin streaming on Hulu October 11th. Go see it. I mean, it's $5. You'll love it. I, it's $5 night, I believe it comes out on. $5. I mean, if you're going to spend money on a movie that you that is actually good, go see this. Don't spend $15 on Three from Hell. Mm-hmm. And you can't even use an AMC Stubbs A-list on it. I don't know about Little Monsters Why is yet. that? Because <sighs> Rob Zombie knows he made a shitty movie. And <laughs> I didn't realize there were movies that showed at AMC that you weren't allowed to use your AMC Stubbs for. Yeah, the like all the stu- Studio Ghibli movies that they replay. Well, you, that's different. Well, you like. can't. And then, uh, like, they'll show, like, Gone with the Wind and stuff like that. Like, my mom will be like, I want to go. But again, like, those aren't new releases. Those are, like, special. No, no, no. But there's, like, uh, well, like, wasn't Booksmart, like, the early screening? That was. We used a Stubbs Pass for it, didn't we? Yeah. I, I guess it kind of varies. I see, like, Tokyo Ghouls on there for this week or something like that. And I don't remember if you could use an AMC Stubbs. But, like, if you can use one, go see it. If not, it's $5 night, and if not, just spend $12 anyways, because it's fucking great. It is really great. Uh, did you have any other trailers? Uh, no. Well, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of the Little Monsters trailer and the zombie genre. One Cut of the Dead is going to be on Shudder starting next week. Which we did post that, too, as well. We posted the trailer. I think there was a one-night showing of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming up, actually. I think it's this weekend. So, you're making weird faces because I think you. I'm have sorry, to I have really bad allergies. So if I like start sneezing or sniffling, just mind your business. That's that. Just turn the other way and sneeze. <laughs> Don't sneeze into the mic. That's a lot of germs. 
But uh, One Cut of the Dead is doing the one-night showings. I, th- I believe it's this weekend. Go to the website. We've posted it on the trailer. And then next week, it's going to be on Shudder. And then to double piggyback off of that, Tigers Are Not Afraid is on Shudder. Go fucking watch that. That's another movie now. we've been raving about for now. literally since we've seen it. If it was one of our, it was probably, I think it was like one or two of our top ten from last year. And I asked Issa Lopez if we're allowed to put it on our top ten for this year. It's great. It's a great, kind of kind of like a, not heartwarming, but like. It's sad as fuck. What? Well, like. <laughs> I know uh, what you mean. Yeah. And then, uh, do you have any, oh, sorry. Do <laughs> you have any other trailers or was that all you had for this week? Um, I think those are the only trailers we posted. Um. But did you want to talk about Freaks? Briefly before we start talking about all the TIFF movies? No, I, I still had some other things oh, go to go it. over real fast. Uh, and a double piggy, triple piggyback off of the Shutter thing. Uh, we're going to, as soon as we get done with this episode, we're going to post the trailer for The Cleansing Hour, mm. which is going to premiere, I believe I'm actually seeing it tonight. It's my first movie. Um, it's going to, uh, Shutter bought the rights for it. It's going to be out in 2020, early 2020. But it's, uh, millennial entrepreneurs Drew and Max they they run like a webcast and they stream these staged like exorcisms. Oh. And then they ha- they they bring in like some actress and she's mysteriously possessed by a real demon and she holds the crew hostage. So That sounds cool. It it I I think the trailer is only like a minute but like it, it's I don't know if it's going to be like a comedy or if, you know, like right. like the super gory like exorcism movie, but like I'll probably post that. Re- we'll probably get that review up tomorrow. I'll, I'll bring my notebook and try to write in the dark. Who takes notes anymore? You said. Well, who takes <laughs> notes on their phone? Don't be on your phone during the fucking movie. Ugh, that's what we love about Fest. Like you are not fucking allowed on your phone, straight up, not allowed. Like you will get carried out. weren't we, weren't we at Tiff and someone was on their fucking phone? I don't know. I thought there was like a couple movies where like someone was on their phone. Normally, when you're when we're at these festivals, though, people aren't on their phone because they're very also into the movie. So. Oh, Marriage Story! Someone's phone was ringing. Yeah. Stay the fuck off your phone, or I'll kill you. Uh, did I have any other trailers? Oh yeah, that's right, the Black Christmas trailer. Man, I don't agree with them remaking that movie. (laughs) I don't agree with it either, but (laughs) Blumhouse did a decent job with Halloween. But this one kind of takes like a sorority row take on it because like, you know, Black Christmas, the guy is living in the attic and he comes down and kills all the sorority sisters and whatnot. This one, it's like the sorority sisters fight back. Mm. And I'm not. It's going to be bad. I think. I, I think when I saw the trailer, like we didn't even post it, but I watched it and I was just like seriously like he doesn't even like live in the attic or he doesn't even like the girls are coming back like they were like we're the wrong sisters to fuck with or something like that i'm just like that's really corny yeah to be honest the more i see it now the more i don't want it (laughs) but blumhouse is probably gonna make 10 times the money because it's gonna be around christmas time it's gonna be a horror film i think it's out like december 13th Definitely use an AMC subs pass. Don't don't pay for that. Jason Blum makes enough money. Maybe that can be our Christmas movie. Our Christmas movie? Yeah, we've been seeing a movie on Christmas every year for the past few years. 
like our Christmas Eve movie? Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, what was last year's Mary Poppins? Jumanji. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. That last year's ago. was Mary Poppins, and the year before <laughs> was the Jumanji remake with The Rock. That was a good movie, okay? Which one? Mary Poppins? No, Jumanji. Oh, you didn't like Mary Poppins? I mean, I, Mary Poppins was fine, too, but... Mary Poppins was whatever, if you like sing-alongs. But we can't take Donut to go see Black Christmas. Mm. Probably this one, though, because it just looks like... It's, I mean, we could take her. I just don't know if she'll want to go. Well, it's not like... Like, Black Christmas, actually, even when I was, like, in my 20s, it scared me because I was I was at home and I, would come, I was watching it one night and I came up the stairs and my mom knew I was watching it. <laughs> And she's, and like, I come up, I come up and open the door and she's like right around the corner and she just goes, ah! And I was like, what the fuck, ma? That's so funny. She was like, I thought you weren't scared of movies. I'm like, yeah, you never told me you were afraid of Black Christmas. You told me you've never been afraid of any movie besides The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Well, the Black Christmas part, because you know, he drops down out of the fucking attic and just murks everybody. And you know how many attics everybody, everybody has an attic. Like a, No. Like a cross space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have like four of them. Do you really? Yeah, remember in, uh, by the bathroom, there's yeah, that, that one. Yeah, that thing creeps me out. <laughs> what? It's like a little mini elf door that like, I feel like some weird troll is going to climb One of these it. days, I'm going to have to put something in there and scare you or something. Nope. And then, then there's the one before the bedroom. It uh, There's the drop-down one. Mm. So I got, I got plenty of... Uh... Five years ago today, we saw Tusk. Oh, was that the day we did like a triple feature? <laughs> Because I want to say that we saw um, The Battery that day, remember? That movie is a great movie if you haven't seen it. I feel like the guys that did The Battery did something else too. Yeah, they did. Um, give me a second. Do you have any news you want to talk about a, while I find The Battery? A, um, a zombie movie. Yeah. And there's... This guy uh, jacks off <laughs> to some zombie titties. <laughs> That totally turned me on, not gonna lie. But what else? Uh, oh, we saw the guest that day, too. Oh, yeah, yes. In the afternoon with all the old people. Yeah, and it was really weird. That was, like, my first, like, one of the few times, like, before, when I still lived in Chicago that we went to the AMC. So the director of The Battery did The Mind's Eye, Jeremy Gardner. Oh, no, Jeremy Gardner was in The Mind's oh, Eye. Oh, no, no, no. The guy that... And Bliss. Okay, so one of the guys that did... Because it's two guys that directed The Battery. Jeremy Gardner is doing a movie called After Midnight with Henry Zabowski. Right. And uh, I think I have that penciled in for like Monday. So that that's that I knew they had another movie. I just didn't know offhand. Because we just bought that movie and watched it at the ho- at house, right? Yeah, I believe I bought it like at Best Buy. And he also worked on that Psychopaths movie that we saw at Cinepocalypse. God, that movie was not good. You liked Sorry. it at first. No. No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I had to burp. <laughs> I mean, there was a new Knives Out trailer, but who needs a trailer for that? That movie's going to be fucking great. Uh, yes. We could take Luna to see that. How many times are we going to see it? Um. Four times? <laughs> well, we missed our chance at Toronto, because I was not paying 150 bucks per ticket. Fuck that. I'm going to see it next week. And then we're going to see it because it's the centerpiece of the Chicago Film Fest. Any of our friends that listen to this, go to the Chicago Film Fest. October 23rd. Come. 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 It's at (laughs) 8.15, so come join us. If you're nice, maybe I'll buy your ticket. Probably not. I'm poor. 
Maybe we'll do a, a giveaway. Maybe. <laughs> Friends only giveaway, though. I don't know. Um, there was a new Stephen King uh, trailer for In the Tall Grass. That's going to be out October 4th. Stephen King adaptations lately have just been bleh. <laughs> bleh. 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 Like, I'm going to say it. It Chapter 1 was better. Too many flashbacks in It Chapter 2. Um, Pet Cemetery. No. Dude, that movie was so fucking bad. <laughs> that movie upsets me. Everybody, I think it when it came at, out of when it played at South by Southwest, everybody's like, "Oh, it's 98. I don't understand the people that like it. It's a ninety-eight percent. It's gonna be so good, and that thing dropped like a fucking rock. I know some of our friends liked it though. That went and saw it. I don't understand. It's terrible. Sometimes, so fucking sometimes bad. we have bad friends. <laughs> <laughs> they have. Poor choices in movies like Three from Hell. Um, we have friends that like that? Kevin. Actually, Kevin went and saw it, he told me, and he gave it like a 5 out of 10. He said it wasn't anything to shake your dick at or whatever. Shake your dick at? Yes. Shake <laughs> your shake your dick at like saying. Shake your dick at it like Daniel Radcliffe and Guns Akimbo. <laughs> With guns bolted to your hand. <laughs> we'll talk about that movie later on. Yeah, that got added to Fantastic Fest, and I kind of want to rewatch it, but it's it's you know it's one of those movies that's kind of fresh in your mind, and you can kind of wait to see it. I thought I had another trailer in here somewhere. Oh, oh, that's right. Uh, in the Shadow of the Moon, it's going to be on Netflix next week. It's got Michael C. Hall. Is that a horror movie? Yeah, it's like a it, well, it's kind of like a crime thriller, mm. and it's it, it's got to deal with time travel. I didn't. I never watch any of the trailers you post on your Facebook. <laughs> I'm a terrible girlfriend. You're not my girlfriend. You're my fiance. Duh. <laughs> I didn't pay for a ring for nothing. Nothing. Um. <laughs> okay, so freaks. No, we still got more trailers. Uh, and okay. news. There was well, you gotta remember we haven't done an episode since September. Okay, well 1st. give me all your news. First love. Give me the news. First love. First love. I'm really upset we didn't get to see it at TIFF. Yeah, because it played after we left. Yes. And I'm missing it. That's Takashi Miike's new film. I'm it's missing like it. Hundred and fucking ten. I'm film missing or it tonight, and he's gonna be there. Oh, why? Because it's because they're oh they're giving him the. Uh, no, why are you missing it? Because my flight doesn't get in in time. Well, why don't you take an earlier flight? You got 175 bucks to give me. Nope. Well, it's a little too late for me to get an early <laughs> flight now because we're recording this before I head out. But first love. I don't, I don't even think we really need to describe it. It's Takashi Miike. Just go fucking watch it. It's going to be out next week. So that played in front of the Freaks trailer because we caught the end of it. Because mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm. who needs to come to the movies at 8 o'clock when the fucking movie doesn't start till 8.25? Yeah, we don't see any of the people anymore. <laughs> Only if you go to like a small independent movie because then they play like other trailers. But now they're starting to implicate like trailers only for the theater not even like releasing them online hmm. like that tenant trailer oh yeah i don't know if you remember that should be i, I watched this blood machines trailer it's it looked weird i don't know if there's anything that they really describe on that uh i think that might be about it you got any other trailers no all right, you got you got news for me then, or nah, no news. 
No news. I can't stop staring at your nipples. Well, I'm. Uh, it's hot in this room, so I took my <laughs> shirt off. Because we didn't want to crank the fan up. Okay, so freaks. No, we have news. I have news. Well, give me the damn news. Well, we, we had to take a time out because someone had to go get milk duds. That is literally the word. I'm good, sorry. <laughs> good good candy for the theater. Bad candy for trying to record a fucking podcast. <laughs> Are you, is this going to be a solo podcast because you're joking on that? <laughs> All right. So Joe, Joe Bagos, who did the movie Bliss, which will be out next week on VOD and limited theaters, go watch it. He has another movie called VFW. And the synopsis is, a group of war veterans must defend their local VFW post and an innocent teen against a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of punk mutants. Oh, God. Sounds very much like something he would do. But it's going to be probably gory and bloody and it'd make a great for make a great thing for a midnight movie. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to that. I think I have that penciled in. And... <laughs> penciled in uh it's gonna uh rlje films acquired it before the festival so that's definitely gonna get a good release date um uh do we forgot to talk about the rambo trailer did we forget i mean (laughs) or (laughs) i'm still gonna see it but it's probably not gonna be very good do you want a milk duck no, I don't want a milk dud because I don't want to sound like like what I'm chewing hard into the microphone. <laughs> so Margot Robbie's trying to remake Tank Girl. What? Do you ever see Tank Girl? No. No. Yeah, she's uh in the process of I get I believe she has a director already in line for it. She did like an independent film called Dreamland. It played at Tribeca. And I don't have his name, but she's trying to do another adaptation of Tank Girl. So there's that. Your Freaks. boy. No. Oh. Stop rushing me. I hate when you rush Who's me. Who's my boy? Excuse me? You said your boy. No, your boy. Yeah. Who's my boy? Oh, I was like, who's my boy? What? I don't have any boys. Alexander Skarsgård is going to play oh, Randall Flagg. <laughs> In Stephen King's The Stand adaptation series on CBS All Access. I love him. Alongside Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. It's whatever. Alexander Skarsgård will probably kill it, but Whoopi Goldberg. I love him. Okay. Well, Remember Whoop- when he danced in Hummingbird Project? That was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I wish... Didn't he do it, too, at the Q&A? Or... Mm, I don't know. <coughs> Pardon me. And he's bald. <laughs> and still so beautiful. I remember seeing that, and all the pro-lifers went to go see Unplanned, and it was an embarrassment. Did I tell you about that? Oh, like you saw it after we saw it at TIFF? Yeah, I, I, I had, like, a pass left. And Wait, it... is that where we saw it, TIFF? Yeah. Yeah, we saw it at TIFF, and then I ended up going to AMC one night because it was playing You Chernobyl. did tell me that. You said you looked in to see if there was I, anybody seeing it. I looked in to see if anybody was watching the unplanned movie, the bullshit propaganda pro-life movie, and that place was packed, and that's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> I would rather you go watch that faith-based movie where the kid falls through the ice. 
I bet that was a good movie, actually. Probably. Has the actress from This Is Us. Okay, but like... I probably would have cried. What's his, what's his fucking name? Topher Grace, right? Mm. He Remember? He plays, he's, like, he oh, plays the priest. But the previous movie, he plays fucking David Duke from the KKK. Because <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, did you ever see that Overcomer movie? And I was like, no. Overcomer? It's a faith-based movie. That's not what it's called. No, no. There was a, there's a new one that's out now. Oh. And... She was like, "Did you ever see that?" She was like, "I probably would have saw that one where the kid broke through the ice." And I don't, and I don't know why, but it clicked with me that it was uh, the one movie with Haley Lou Richardson. What was that movie? The, the one, one that Donna wanted to see. We did. Were they sick? Oh, five feet apart. Yeah. Because don't they fall through the ice? She does. Yeah. Fucking and... dumbass. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> uh, anyways. Um. <laughs> uh, Karen Kusama is directing a pilot for a cannibalistic plane crash survival drama called Yellow Jackets. I love her, and I posted that shirt that had her name on, and nobody fucking knew who she was. You posted a shirt? It was like a shirt that had like women director names on it. Oh, remember? okay. Yeah. I think I remember you posting that. Mm-hmm. Who else was on that? I don't remember, but her, I remember. I love her. How do you? How does anybody not know Karen Kusama? I don't. She know. did fucking Jennifer's Body. Well, she did. Um, Destroyer, and there was oh the invitation. Watch the invitation. I feel like everybody watched the invitation. That was pretty. That big. movie was so sick though. Um, but Jennifer's body was just whatever. We are not talking about Jennifer's body. It's playing Beyond Fest, and they're both going to be there. Megan Fox and Karen Kusama. Hmm. Well, Karen Kusama was at Fantastic last year when I saw Destroyer, and I was there for the Q and A. Don't give me that look. <laughs> I hate when you give me that look. <laughs> Um, well, I hate when you go see movies without me. I'm sorry. This is a business. <laughs> sort of. It's a business slash pleasure. So, freaks? <laughs> no. Stop. You're a freak. So to, <sighs> pig- <laughs> so, to piggyback even more off of female directors. Wait, can I say something? This year, at Toronto, out of all the movies, 54% of them were directed by women. Girl power. <laughs> okay, go. I'm here for all of that. As long as they make good movies, I don't give a fuck. Am I right? Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> I like your answer while you're stuffing milk guns in your <laughs> fucking so mouth. Okay, I'm done. Uh, Julia Ducanor, the director of Raw, has a new movie coming out, and it's called Titan. Plot is under wraps. We know nothing about it. Neon's putting it out. So it'll be good. So it's going to be good. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Uh, I think I got a little bit more. Amazon Studios has bought The Vast of Night. It's a 1950s New Mexico, uh, based in New Mexico, where a radio DJ and switchboard operator come across the frequency that changes lives forever. Mm. Come see it with us at Chicago Film Fest. Maybe we'll have a contest for that. Because everybody knows Knives Out. But let's try to get more people to see the smaller movies. I mean, Girl on the Third Floor is going to be playing CM Punk's new CM movie. CM Punk. Um, what else is playing? Deerskin's playing. The guy that did Rubber. Um, I'm trying to think what else is playing. <coughs> I sent you the schedule already. Mm-hmm. Um, Our schedule, not the whole schedule. Well, yeah, because well, Jojo Rabbit's playing. Knives and Skin's going to play. That's the Jennifer Reeder movie. You keep eating those fucking milk dogs. You're, you're not even going to be able to talk. I'm ready to talk. Um, Jesus Shows You the Highway, which we missed at Fantasia. 
don't even know what it's about, but I heard it's... It's about Jesus showing us the highway. In what way? <laughs> Is this a faith-based movie? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I think that might be about it for the news. You got any last-minute things? Apparently, they're not releasing the Midsummer director's cut on Blu-ray. Can I say something about Midsummer? I was just thinking about this earlier. Oh! <gasps> uh... <laughs> Because we didn't do an episode on it. No. We? No, we started this after. This is totally unrelated, but in that movie, right when they're getting to Sweden or wherever they're going, they mention, like, tick-borne and Lyme disease, and and I thought that was really cool just because I have Lyme disease and I was totally triggered. I thought there was another movie that did that, too. It was Midsummer. No, the, besides Midsummer. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But, uh, there's... No director's cut for the Blu-ray, but I went and saw it, and it didn't change my opinion. Still, three and a half out of five. You know, it it was just an extra twenty minutes of me sitting there eating nachos. <laughs> so, all right, I think that wraps it up for news and trailers. So we'll briefly talk about Freaks finally, and then we will. Are you give sure you, you want to talk about Freaks, movies. or do you have any more news? <laughs> no. And we don't have to talk a lot about Freaks. We missed it at TIFF last year. I think it got mixed reviews. Um, but a lot of, like, the, it starts out, like, reminiscent of The Room, where there's a little girl and her dad has her barricaded in their, like, dilapidated house, won't let her leave, like, is super adamant about her not leaving the house and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This movie kind of gave me, like, uh, mm-hmm. like... Like a superhero type vibe too. To Everybody it. is um, uh, referencing X Men when they're talking about this movie. Oh, it did not remind me of X Men at all. But the, the new X Men. That's what everybody <laughs> keeps saying about it. The Dark Phoenix that bombed horribly. I still wish we would have seen like went and saw it. I mean, I think it's out on DVD or whatever now. But you know what movie really bombed was the Goldfinch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's sad. But anyway, so in this movie, the government has labeled people like Chloe's dad abnormal, and or they call them freaks. Um, the one government lady tries to call them abnormal to be like less. To whatever. be proper. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because they have special abilities, and they're most easily identified by the bleeding of the eyes, which you see, I think, in the trailer. Um, but Chloe, the little girl, is eventually like lured out of the house by the ice cream man, who also actually ends up being her grandfather. Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. He's been in so many good movies lately. Did you tell them who uh, stars We saw in him movie? in the Mustang. No, we saw him in the Mustang, and we saw him. We just saw him in what else did we just see him in? Uh, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, he's that's so right. funny in that movie. Like he's just so. I love seeing him on screen. He has. A, he he's had like small roles in it, like all these good movies though. Mm-hmm. But no, the dad is played by Emil Hirsch, and the little girl's uh, played by Lexi Kolker, who's really great. I feel like she's gonna be like. Like, if you need a child actor for a yeah. horror film, I think she's going to be, like, kind of like a go-to girl. Yeah, but I didn't see anybody else uh, compare this movie to Firestarter, but it reminded me so much of Firestarter. Like, she was just, like, little Drew Barrymore in Firestarter, especially at the end when, like, she gets all angry and, like, realizes her powers and just, like, annihilates all the government people that are there. I mean, if you get a chance to see it and it's still playing in your AMCs, go see it. Yeah, it's a good I, sci-fi movie. I recommend movie. it. I mean, there was, what, like, six, <coughs> six people in the theater? But I think everybody was going to see It Chapter 2 and Hustlers and But it was really good. Else. I think they, I liked how they went from, like, the super dark, like, 
house and then like the bright outside was like just like a weird surreal would you call it like a daytime horror like how they were trying to say about midsummer yeah maybe no no i mean all not girl, like midsummer but honestly all the girl wanted was some ice cream this if you is think true. about it she just wanted to be a regular girl yep but uh, we post, yeah, we posted that review already. We posted that trailer a long time ago, and then yes, we just posted a review also with the trailer. Four out of five. Uh, was it four out of five? Or was it three and a half? Out three of five? and a half. Man, I really need to pay attention. I really need to get the login back of uh, the accounts because he got a new phone and is kicked out of all of our accounts. <laughs> and we don't remember our passwords besides there. It's like Rob Zombie sucks six 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 or something. It's probably still that, and we just never <laughs> changed it. So if you want to try to hack into us, go for it whatever um you ready to get into the toronto yes. film fest so movies? this is our favorite fest because it's this, so great this is technically this freaks was technically a toronto film fest yes movie. it was just for last year and we didn't have a podcast at that time no but we tried to post a review but the scotia bank theater was fucking ran over by like an hour <laughs> this year they were a little more on it because that theater is the mo- more hectic theater because it's in a real, it's like an actual movie theater. It, the, the seats were comfortable, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, like, lean back a lot and, like, no one lean would say back. shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> how many movies did we see there? Like, two? Sea Fever. You, do you just want to go in, like, yes. order? Yes. Of so the first we movie saw we saw was Sea Fever. Sea Fever was sick. Sea Fever was sick. Um... Uh, that had, and that was a world premiere, and it was part of the Discovery series. Um, and that was by Nisa Hardiman, and that was her feature debut, and it was so good. Yeah, she, she... She's worked on TV and stuff. She has, like, a master's in film. Yeah, she worked on, like, a couple episodes of the Jessica Jones She has a PhD Netflix. in film theory. She's, like, super... What the fuck? Impressive. I one of those. Yeah. Except I don't want to go to school for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she's an Irish writer-director, and so, obviously, this movie was This was a great. seaside noir Yes. As we discussed in our couple episodes ago. Yeah, so it follows, like, it starts out with a marine biology student, and she's, like, super, like, antisocial and devoted to her career studying, like, the patterns and, like, anomalies of the ocean. And so she feels, like, more connected to the creatures she studies than people at all. And her professor, like, has her join the crew of a small fishing trawler to examine their catch. And, like, she obviously doesn't want to because she doesn't like people, but... um, I think we're like that. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, I mean, she, like, I don't know, but it had a super eerie score, and the cinematography was, like, super tense, because it had, like, you're, like, cramped inside this little boat, but, like, also, like, in the big ocean, like, the vastness of the sea. Well, like, the reason why that the, they took her out on the boat, well, she was doing it for science, but they were going out to, weren't they, like, trying to catch... They're just trying to make money. In, like, an illegal, in like an illegal territory. Right, so there's this territory, like, in the ocean that was, like, marked off that they weren't supposed to go in, and the guy driving the boat goes into it anyway without telling anybody, and then, like, suddenly their boat stops working, and they're, like, these weird creatures attached to the boat. Shit hits the fan. Yeah, because <laughs> then, so, so the, the, the biology student, what's, she's played by Hermione Corfield. She was really great, but she is the only one that's, like, able to scuba dive like she's the only one with equipment so she goes down and realizes that these little things attached to the boat are actually one ginormous creature i really did like the creature though yeah it was really cool it was like like luminescent and i don't know it it was what didn't they say they 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 said this was kind of like a cross between the thing and annihilation and i could kind of see that more more for annihilation than the thing though i think 
They were talking about the thing just because of the monster. Right. Well, and because of the way that, like, it got inside of them. Like, it, yeah. So it becomes, like, a parasite, and it, like, gets inside their bodies, and so... Okay, a little... Uh, tiny, tiny spoiler. There's a scene where the parasite gets in one of the, 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 the crew. This is not a tiny spoiler. This is a straight-up spoiler. Okay, I don't want to say it then. Okay, so we're going to say it anyway. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, fine. So I do okay, want to so... say it, though. Okay, <laughs> Find me at Fantastic Fest, watch the movie, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> well, so the shipmates happen upon another trawler that's, like, much bigger, and they're like, oh, maybe they can help us. So they row a boat over there, and they find the shipmates dead. Like, Ain't nobody there. They think, well, then they think they just had sea fever, like, they went crazy and took their own lives, except for the one guy's eyes are missing. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that, that kind of leads to the tiny, tiny spoiler, but... The tiny tiny but we're spoiler, not saying this the tiny tiny spoiler that we want to talk about was a really great gruesome scene though I I, I felt like it was a, sick I a, think that but that's what I was gonna say I think that's why they a lot of people were like Ooh. said it was like the thing so but I think this film has something for everybody like it doesn't rely on jump scares and there's like a, there's not like elaborate action scenes but there's like powerful tale yeah yeah and also the like body horror and the creature and it's also just like profoundly human because they were you know they're getting they don't know if they if they're all infected or what and and she's like i'm absolutely not taking this ship back to shore we can't infect the other people and then also like the whole ecological part like she didn't want to hurt the creature type thing yeah but like there's no distribution for this we did post a review for it already did we? Yeah, we yes, did post we did. that. That was the first review we posted. Yeah, that was our first TIFF review. Um, we gave it a 4 out of 5. So if you get a chance to see it at like a film festival or a pre-screening or anything like that, go see it. There's it's no... picked up. It just doesn't have U.S. distribution yet. Oh, is it picked up? That uh, Creativity Capital like teamed up to co-finance and co-distribute like epic genre films. Oh, remember? so is it just going to be in like like a you know, U.K., Irish type of distribution Maybe. so far i don't know because that's what they kind of but do. they are currently seeking north american yeah. distribution okay i'll back that yeah that movie was good good way to kick off toronto mm-hmm. unfortunately we didn't get there in time for blood quantum because that was great though so that was like the indigenous horror movie that they brought this year and we would have really liked to see that yeah but i mean we left at like a good time but like traffic was just fucking horrible I've never flipped off so many people in my life. I'm sorry, Canada. I love you. I, like, woke up in a stressed state. Like You were stressed? <laughs> I was stressed trying to drive through the fucking downtown Toronto, and it's, like, all these lights and no one's going. I'm just, like, I flipped off so many people. I love Canada. I love you, Toronto. I'm sorry, but just learn how to drive better. <laughs> I thought Chicago downtown traffic on a Friday was bad, but this was horrible. Plus, it rained. Yeah. Sea fever, though. Check it out. If you're going to Fantastic Fest, check it out, or any other festival. I, I there's a lot of good Irish films coming out. Like Good Woman is hard to find. Extraordinary. Uh, Extraordinary. You which guys got to see that movie. Extraordinary so comes out. I believe it's next week. It comes out. So go see that. You'll love that movie. It's funny. There's no way you won't like that movie. She has a threesome in the movie, sort of. No. <laughs> we to- we totally gave that movie away in our first episode. So. That's fine. It's just a <laughs> horror comedy. It is great though. But the next movie we saw was The Platform, and this actually ended up 
winning the Girls People's Choice Award for the Midnight yeah, section. Yeah, you can, you can kind of take over this one. I fell asleep a little Grubby bit. Grubby fell asleep, <laughs> but it was fucking sick. So, basically, the pit is this hollowed-out prison of vertically stacked cells, like, and it's in, like, a weird future dystopia. Not so distant, but um, this platform descends daily with, like, this giant luxurious feast on it. And it travels from the top of the pit to the very bottom, you, and it just stops for a few minutes on each level, and and everybody eats off of it. So, like, obviously yeah. the people on the top level are super well-fed, probably overfed, and the people at the bottom are literally starving to death and, like, become ravenous and crazy. You do see, like, them preparing the food, like, at the yeah, top. Yeah, yes. It's, like, fancy food. I guess, like, you learn that, like, when you are being put into the pit that you tell them your favorite fruit, food, and... And that's um, always included on the on the platform, but most likely you're not going to get it unless you're on the top level. So, um, but it's basically like a horror satire about like trickle down economics and how they fail fucking everybody besides those at the top, those at the top, which is like how fucking real life is. I am going to revisit it at Fantastic, so that way I could actually get a better perspective of it. Mm-hmm. So the main character though is there voluntarily because they said like they'll give him like an accredited diploma if he stays there for six months. So he thinks, you know, oh, he's just going to have this quick stay there and then he's going to be better off afterwards. But, like, he quickly realizes that's not going to fucking happen. Um, and his uh, his roommate, or his cellmate, he's really, he's really funny. And uh, so they have the same cellmate, but every month they switch levels. And so, like, one day they could be, like, on the sixth level and the next they could be on, like, the 200th level, which we find out there's, like, 333 levels or something Fuck. like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I, I remember them getting to, like, two, two something. Like, like, he thinks that there's 250, but then at the end, when they ride down to the bottom, they find out that there's more. But so, it's also, like, they like the platform above them, they won't talk to them, and but the platform below will, because it's, like... Yeah. Kind of, like, like, the platform, but, like, somebody from one of the platforms above literally, like, shits on their face yeah. when they, like try to ask because because the there's a lady that works there who also then asked to be put there voluntarily and you know she i don't think is aware of how insane it is there she's like you know there is enough to go around if everybody would only take what they need yeah and so there is like a a part where he is trying to convince people to only take what they need but anyway obviously so there's lots of cannibalism that ends up happening and like just crazy scenes like somebody's dog gets eaten because you're allowed to bring like one important like personal item and this dumbass brings like don quixote the book yeah (laughs) and his his cellmate brings like a giant ass knife so like i remember uh when we were walking out of it someone was talking about the don quixote book they were like why the fuck would you bring that well they were also talking about how they didn't think the director of the movie like really understood that that because this is um based off of uh like a play like a screen like a a music or a play yeah not a screenplay a play yeah that's right but speaking of the, you know, it won the Girl People's Choice Award. This mm-hmm. is the first year that they did it for the Midnight Madness program, mm-hmm. so it got an extra showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Runner-up was The Vast of Night, which we'll cover at Chicago, and Blood Quantum won second place. It was second runner-up, but... I bet it deserved first. This movie was sick, though, and, and Netflix has acquired the rights for this, so this will be on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, there's no date for that yet, correct? Probably early 2020, maybe. Netflix is kind of weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next movie we saw is Synchronic. I'm trying to go in order, <laughs> trying to remember all that this is in shit. order. I know, but like we saw like 16 movies, and yeah, we saw a lot of movies. But um, so this was also this was a world premiere, and um, this had Anthony Mackie in it, so we got to see him. That was cool. The new Captain America. 
Um, but this is by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, which we've talked about them a lot because they are, like, renowned in the indie horror industry for their originality and resourcefulness. But they I, did Spring and Resolution and The Endless, the Endless which is the first one we ever reviewed, reviewed I really, on Final I really Cut. liked, though, in the Q&A, they were like, yeah, this is the first time we ever got, like, named actors. Because it's always yeah, them in the movies. They, yeah, <laughs> they often are in their own movies. So when they were like, oh, Anthony Mackie's going to be in this movie? What do we do? <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're like obsessed with time travel or like time in general. Yeah. That's like in all their movies, sort of. So in this movie, there's like a drug and it's called Synchronic and like kids are taking it. It it only works. This, this like effect that's going on only happens to like younger people because of like something in their brain isn't fully developed. But Anthony Mackie's character has a brain tumor. And so he is also affected the same way. And his niece, it's his niece, right, that goes missing? Yeah. His niece goes missing, and um, he discovers that, because he keeps finding this drug on the scene. So they're, the main characters are, like, paramedics. Yeah, they both are, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got, what, what's his name? Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Do- Dornan. Dornan. He was in Fifty Shades or whatever. <laughs> All I know is my fucking Twitter was going off, because, like, I, I would post a picture of them on stage, and it'd be like, Anthony Mackie, Jamie Dornan. And they're like fan accounts for jamie joy i was like who the fuck is this guy and it turns out it's the 50 shades of gray dude he was good in this movie though um but yeah so basically when you take this drug you're like depending on where you are when you take it you're like thrown back into a part like in distant like, in time like for instance there was a time where anthony mackie took the drug and he ended up back in the time when like, it was like the civil war yeah or i thought it was a time where there was like the clan there was something oh yeah clan. yeah yeah and then yeah, like, so there, that too is there's like a little part about race, you know, because he's like a black man, and obviously like, so the clan comes after him, and he comes back. It it only lasts for seven minutes, the effect. So like, and if you're not back to the place you were when you took it, you're like stuck there. And so he realizes that that must have happened to his niece, and so he goes looking for her. In time. Yeah, this this I like this movie. They yeah, love they cool love movie. to time travel. Like, I would give this like a three point five. Did we, did we review it? We did oh, not review this movie. I thought we did. Mm-mm. So many movies that we saw. I swear we reviewed. <laughs> but uh, I want I wanted to briefly talk about the movie we saw before that, even though it's not really. Um, what movie we saw before it? It's not a horror movie, but you know, like a lot of people that listen to horror, they listen to metal. Oh yes. We saw this movie called The Sound of Metal. Put it on your uh, watch list on your letterbox or whatever. It stars Riz Ahmad and Olivia Cook, and it's basically Riz Ahmad's character is a drummer for a metal band. It's not a very good metal band because <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. I think that it. I definitely think the the name of the movie could have been different. Well, I mean, they could have just made a better metal band. But then I was thinking, like <laughs> maybe because he gets those implants, that that was what it was—the sound of metal. You know what I mean? Like play on words. Yeah, but he basically start to go deaf and it's increasingly getting worse and worse and worse and then he uh he gets put in like a like a deaf community where they he learns sign language and everything amazon bought it so it's probably going to get a small theatrical release this is a really important film though like it was cool because the director well first of all he had somebody doing sign language the the whole time the sound design was great for it 
And there was not only subtitles, but also captions so that everybody could experience the same, like including deaf people. And I think this movie will probably be something important to the deaf community because the whole point of it was like, he wasn't supposed to learn how to, you know, like fix his, his being deaf. Like he wasn't supposed to see it as a disability. He was supposed to learn to live with it. And that was like the whole point of the movie. And it was really cool. Yeah. I, I, I really liked it. And I was just wondering why he was wearing a Youth of Today hoodie. and <laughs> Every wh- single day. And what merch swap he bought it off of. <laughs> My God. Same thing with the Gizm shirt. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, he owned one shirt and one hoodie. That's what I yeah, noticed. Yeah, especially when he lived at the, the deaf community house. Mm-hmm. But, like, Rizamad gives a great performance. Olivia Cook does a great job. And uh, I don't know the name of the guy that was, like, the main of the house. Oh, yeah, I don't know. He did a great job as well. It's good. Like like I said, Amazon bought it. So they're going to chuck it out there to you on Prime and in limited theaters. But Amazon hasn't been doing very well on movies this year. Like, out of Sundance, they bought all those movies for large amounts of money. And they just flopped. Not that it matters because that dude makes like $9 million an hour. True, but like late night... Britney runs a that marathon. Movie was good. Yeah, they were good movies, but like box office, they did not do very well. So after that, we saw the lighthouse. Well, we saw Seaberg between that, and we saw Kristen Stewart. That movie was good, and Kristen Stewart didn't get that. Zazie Beetz. That's are. that's another Amazon movie too, but like it didn't get rave reviews out of Venice. But that was also Anthony Mackie. Oh yeah, we did see Anthony Mackie in back-to-back movies. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't get great reviews out of Venice, but I don't know what people were expecting. It was kind of clunky because they were trying to make too many stories into one. I liked it. It was good. If you It's playing Chicago, obviously. Go see it at the Chicago Film Fest. But uh, then we had this issue where... We couldn't decide if we were going to buy Lighthouse tickets or not? Yeah, because they were... They, they started go- out at like $300. Yeah. So I'm sitting here watching prices on StubHub and they they were letting out all the celebrities into their black Escalades and whatnot. And I was just like, oh, there's Kristen Stewart. Do I want to see the lighthouse? Do I want to go to 7-Eleven and get some candy? <laughs> so finally, I just said, fuck it and bought two tickets for the lighthouse. They had gone down a lot. They, they did, they they did only... go down, but like th- this was like one of the main movies we wanted to see. It was our most anticipated. And it did not disappoint at all. So, Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse was fucking phenomenal. It was excellent. Well, he's like obsessed with making... Time period Like movies. period accurate pieces, but they have to be like accurate. Like in The Witch, um, he talks about how like when they were building the houses and stuff... That he had to have like, um, like all the all the all the scenery I'm and uh, you're choking on a milk. See, this yes. is why you should have milk. Okay. But no, like he talking. demanded to have like historically accurate hand forged nails to be used in like the Puritan houses and stuff. Yeah. So in this, like, they're in Nova Scotia, and he hand built like this whole set, like the whole ass lighthouse and everything. And so it's shot in 35 millimeter black and white. It looked crazy. I mean, is there really, like, the trailer pretty much explains everything to it. Like, it's, it, pardon me, but, uh. <coughs> pardon me. Sorry, I think I have to burp. I had too many impossible Robert sliders. Pattinson <laughs> comes in. 
I feel like Willem Dafoe right now in the beginning of the movie just farting on Robert Pattinson. Yeah, so he's farting. It was so <laughs> out of, like, it was, like, not expected, and then it was, like, really funny. And were, then they asked him during the Q&A if they were real farts, and he was like, some real, some fake. I was going to say, were you there for that question? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because there was the one where the kid was in front of me waving his hand like he had some great he was, question like, to obsessed. ask. He was, obsessed. He was, like, making me have anxiety. And so he's sitting in front of me, and I'm just like, man, I want this guy's question. Maybe it's a good question. Yeah. So I just yelled, back here! And then he doesn't even have a fucking question. And then he was just like, I really loved the movie. I was like, I, I wasted yelling back here, so that way you could get your question out. It wasn't even a fucking question. And that was probably the most disappointing part of this. <laughs> but yeah, Robert Eggers like, did a lot of studying. Like He read a lot of like Herman Melville and like nautical is... dictionaries to get like the language accurate. This like... was kind of based off of like a a book he read, I believe, or something like that, because there was a story about two sail or two lighthouse keepers mm. that uh, it's kind of like they it, it's it's like shift work for them because you know they were only supposed to be there for four weeks. Well, Willem Dafoe is like a veteran lighthouse watcher, whatever whatever they're like called. for real. No, oh, not his oh, character. Oh, oh, I was like, <laughs> no. you made it sound like he was. So he was a. His character. He was a wiki. Yes, a wiki is what they call it. What's no, he's a, like been what, there. What's a timber man want with a wiki? Yes. Yeah, so Robert Pattinson, <laughs> he has never done this before, and he shows up to do this work. And yeah, they're supposed to only be there for four weeks, but then a storm hits, and so the day the ship is supposed to take them back to the mainland, it never arrives. And then, Willem Dafoe was a dick in this yeah, movie. Yeah, but he was, he was so good in this movie. <laughs> but, like, in the beginning, he's, like, yeah, he, he's, like, making him do all this work, like, putting up sh- new shingles and mm-hmm. getting water and basically, like, telling him what to do while he just sits in the lighthouse and jacks off. Mm-hmm. And, Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally figure out who spilled their beans. Yes. And Those were not literal beans. No, no, no. Those were mental beans. No, mental beans. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's, like, a constant power struggle between, like, these two, man- like, manly men. And, like, yeah, then he, like, says that he... What was the beans that he spilled? I don't... He killed somebody. Yeah. Like... But we don't want to give that away. Oh. Oops. We don't... No, that's not even an important part. What it is is... So, so also, though, Robert Pattinson finds the... The person that was in his position before, and, like, he doesn't really know, like, if he killed himself or, like, washed ashore, like, drowned, but I mean, he if... kind of, like, has a... Sus- like, so then there's suspicions on both sides. Like, they both kind of suspect each other of, like... But this movie does, like, a back-and-forth thing where they, like, two, like, don't even really want to talk to each other. And then, like, they're and then dr- drunken buds. Drunken sailoring going, arty, 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 Right, well, and they have, like, dwindling rations. Like, they're running out of, like, supplies and stuff. Because they've been And stranded. so they're going crazy, and they have suspicions, and, like, the isolation, and all that stuff. And so this mermaid floats up to them. You and... straight up see a mermaid vagina. Like, if you ever wondered what a mermaid vagina looked like, this is... Yes. You mm-hmm. figure out who fucks the Very mermaid. Very fleshy. I don't... We don't know if this is, like, actually happening, or it's just, like, hallucinations. Yeah. But... Do you have have any more on this? Because, like, Mm -mm. I don't want to give away too much of it. This is just a movie you need to see. Yes. And A24 is releasing it. October 18th. In LA and New York. And then it will expand from there. I loved it. We we reviewed it. We gave it four and a half out of five. It was probably the best movie we saw out of the film fest. Mm, Yeah, probably. Yes. Other than... They were all pretty good. There was one that we'll talk about later on that we did not like, but... Is it the next one? 
No. No, no, no. That's no, no, the last one. Okay. So the oh, next the, the next movie we saw was Color Out of Space. Mm. Nicholas Cage going Nicholas Cage. Shit. Yes. Nicholas Cage goes batshit crazy again, sort of. Oh my. Oh, oh my phone fell. So this is an HP Lovecraft story. It's been done before. Like um 10 but times. <laughs> But so this family moves to like a like, yeah, like they they're from the city and they move I think this is Richard Stanley's first movie since The Island of Dr. Moreau in 1996 or something like that. But this is his first time back at Toronto Film Fest since Hardware in 1990. And I swear, him and Nicolas Cage had, like, matching hats on. They did. They it had, like, so these funny. Indiana Jones I was like, is that Nicolas Cage? Because he has a fucking ponytail and, like, a hat on. It was crazy. Yo, when you... He had some w- sick green shoes on, though. When you make movies like Mandy and Mom and Dad and yes. this... You're allowed to wear whatever the fuck you want. The coloring was slightly like Mandy, like because it's du- they're both done by Spectrum. Yeah, Vision, it was right? done by Spectrum. So they have that like weird ultraviolet. So and basically, the, and the score was done by the same Colin Stetson that did Hereditary and Arrival. So yeah. this movie had so much going for it. Yes. I mean, it was still a good movie, but like there was some bumpy parts where it was kind of slow. But o- overall, it was it was pretty good. There were like, some llamas in it. <laughs> alpacas yeah oh, so that was alpacas? the funniest part he's like has he bought these because so they live on like a rural farmstead sort of in new england and they're like escaping the city life or whatever but they're busy adapting to this new life and he's like crazy obsessed with these alpacas and like oh they like make sweaters and stuff like so they have this whole barn full of alpacas is that a vegan alert i don't know <laughs> well, yeah i don't know so um one night like a meteorite crashes into their front yard not like huge or anything but like it's like mysterious, maybe like, like the size of a Volkswagen bug. <laughs> I don't even think it was that big. It doesn't like destroy anything. No, but then no. like, like aerial lights like start to melt into the earth, and yeah. like it's affecting everything, like the the creatures and the plants and all that kind of stuff. And like they discover it's sort of like an alien force, and it's gradually like mutating everything, and then including them. There's like this crazy body horror scene that I thought was sick. Was it the alpaca scene? No. That's that's, that that's pretty crazy, too, too, but even way more. I'm so trying, I'm trying to remember what scene you're talking about. Well, I don't want to give it away. You it's the one me. where the mom... Okay. 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 That's right. That's <laughs> there's, right. There's no other scene I could be talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so, well, besides um, Nicolas Cage, Julie Richardson is, is in this, and the little boy is Julian Hillard, which is the kid from The Haunting of Hill House. He was also in Greener Grass, which we've talked about. Oh, yes. People really like him, yeah. That's right. He plays the kid that turns into a dog. Yeah. So he also turns into something in this, and it's fucking weird and crazy. This is this was also picked up by RLJE, and there's no release date for it yet. But I I, I believe this is just going to be, if it's a good film from Nicolas Cage, this this company's just going to buy it and be like, you did great with Mandy. I don't know if Mom and Dad did did them, but that like, was fun. No, I'm, I'm saying like the the company that I don't remember what company bought it. Oh, but. Nicholas Cage has. We were this. supposed to also see that at TIFF. And I failed and got locked out of my. Credit that was our card. first year, right? Yeah, it was the year that we saw like Killing of a Sacred Deer. I love Toronto. It is a great city, and the fest is like super easy, like to there, navigate. There's a Tim Hortons on every single corner. Go oh, get the Beyond sausage biscuit, whatever. <laughs> um. What else was there in, in Toronto that we... There's a bunch of sports bars on the Quesadada. There's this burrito place called Quesadada that is so good because I just am obsessed with beans and I just need beans. And if I don't get them, I get grouchy. So we got some beans. Did you spill your beans? Yes. No. I would never spill any beans. 
But next, you wanted to talk about Dolomite is my name, you said. Even though this isn't really a... No, but Dolomite, um, from Rudy Ray Moore, like, his characters back in the day were... This is a biopic. Yeah, like... With Eddie Murphy, which is sick. It was hilarious. It's going to be on Netflix, I believe, in the next... I think at the end of October. It's going to have a theatrical run here starting in, like, two weeks. So, if I were you, I would go to the theater to see it, especially if AMC plays it. But I believe AMC's trying to steer away from the Netflix movies, though. So, whatever. stop being cheap and go to the Landmark Cinema. (laughs) Um, I might do it again. But, uh, so Dolomite... Rudy Ray Moore's character, Dolomite, in the 1970s, like, it, he was just, like, these, uh, late, uh, I'm trying to think of the word right now, and it's, I'm being stumped, black exploitation movies, and it, it, it's like, they made Black Dynamite, like, 10 years ago, or something like that, mm-hmm. and this is just, like, what, it's kind of like, these two movies, Dolomite is my name, and Black Dynamite are based off of, like, those black exploitation movies that are all about titties, gunfights, and kung fu. Yeah, I was gonna say kung fu. <laughs> so a lot of his movies played like midnight movies, and any friends of ours in LA go to Beyond Fest and go see Dolomite is my name. But this is more of a comedy. It's got a star cast. You know, it's got Eddie Murphy. It's got Wesley Snipes, Craig Robinson's in it, and it basically just shows it like you know, like you said, it was a biopic of him doing the first Dolomite movie Mm -hmm. and how such a cheap like low low super low budget it was and how I think it was made for less than five hundred thousand dollars because he was getting because he used to do like comedy he was a comedian yeah yeah he would do comedy records and he was like I want to expand I want to do movies so then like the company that he worked for putting out his comedy records gave him money to do a movie and he made the most absurd movies that are fun, not to be taken seriously. Well, Kung it was like insane, but then like became box office like smash. They became like <laughs> uh like cult classics. Mm-hmm. So, Dolomite is my name. Do you think Eddie Murphy will get a Oscar nomination? I don't know. It was really good, and also the wardrobe was like so awesome and accurate, and that's. It was cool because they had, for the Q&A, instead of, like, the stars, they had the person that did the wardrobe there for the Q&A. Eddie Murphy had to change 72 times. <laughs> yeah, something insane like that. But, I mean, it was it was funny, and it, it was kind of heartwarming at, at the same time because, like, this man went from, like, having nothing, nothing. Yeah, that was the thing. He was like, you can do anything you want to do. And so, like, the Do- the original Dolomite movie from, like, 1975, under $500,000, he made, like, $10 million off of it. And then I think he made like nine more movies or or the the cast that he had that did the original Dolomite did nine more movies together. But he made more after that, and he sadly died um, not that long ago from complications to diabetes. So Dolomite is my name. Even though it's not horror, go see it. It still has a lot of Midnight Madness feel to it because of his uh, history. So. I loved it. I gave it a yeah, four out of five. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. Um, then we saw Resin. This was like... This movie is... This this movie was like kind of like an under-the-radar type movie, I believe. Yeah, it w- and and um, it had this really a great child actress. I don't know what her name is. Sophie something very foreign that I can't... Let me see if this piece of shit letterbox can come up and I'll give you a name if you want to just... Oh, no, that's the mother. My bad. <laughs> 
The daughter's name is something I cannot pronounce. Vivalil, <laughs> Vivalil Holm. Vivalil. She was like 12 when they were shooting, I think she said. She's like 14 now, but she was amazing in this movie. Um, it's like a thriller about a family and they're like hermits. They like live in isolation in a Denmark forest and like this rundown house and all this kind of stuff. And um, the father is like definitely mentally ill and the mother has like is just ill in general. Like, she's bedridden. She starts to, like, swell up and stuff. And, um, the little girl isn't supposed to go to town or anything like that. So, at the beginning of the movie, they staged her death. Like, they staged that she she drowned, like, in the lake or whatever. So that they could then go isolate themselves in the forest. So, she's not supposed to go into town. Like, no one's supposed to know that she exists. Um, and he, like, definitely... He's, like, paranoid. Like, he is very mentally ill and she though starts kind of like questioning their ways like why why they live the way that they do and stuff and because she kept going to that inn right so she goes to the inn like the bar and inn where this this lady owns which we also find that she um like lost her daughter to like some kind of type of accident i think yeah i think i think it was a car accident yeah and then um so she keeps going there to like take supplies and stuff but like she catches her at one point and like follows her back to their house and then, she, you know, she she's like I don't want to hurt you I right. want to help you so mm-hmm. like she kind of follows her back to her house and then she's injured though because the girl stabs her the little yeah. girl stabs her and she still isn't like taken aback or anything like that because she just can tell like this is just how this girl is raised like she doesn't know she's not like um civilized or anything like and her dad has taught her to hunt and all that kind of stuff like this like if, to compare this movie to anything it's like it, it, it kind of seems like a, it's leave, a little bit like leave no leave trace, no trace. Yeah. yeah but it's more more fucked up i guess yeah if, if you think it's about like more it. extreme and i don't know i mean we haven't put our review out for it yet but um it, i don't know what kind of i i believe there's no distribution for it yet but i do recommend people watching it mm-hmm. i mean it's it's only like 88 minutes long and uh what was it danish or something Denmark? Um, I don't know. Nordic? Nordic? Yeah, Denmark. Okay, yeah. Okay, I was right. Um, apparently well, I said that. They said they were in the Denmark forest. Okay, oh, I... It's going to be out in Denmark on Christmas, but we don't live in Denmark. <laughs> um, yeah. Next, uh, we watched St. Maud. Do you want oh, to talk about what would what would you give it a score for resin? Uh, three and a half, four. Yeah, I I give it, I think I gave it a three and a half on my letterbox. I mean, I just basically put it's it's a more messed up version of Leave No Trace. That's but you have the, like the dad who is mentally ill, like suffers from PTSD stuff like that, dragging the daughter along, and then yes, the only difference is is like they don't adapt to any civilization and leave no trace um ben foster's character tries to adapt and just hates it and tries to leave and the daughter doesn't want to do it anymore so then let's get to the sleeper hit okay so we saw this movie called saint maud which you might have heard of now because a24 acquired the north american rights a couple days ago this movie was fucking so scary okay the minute the title card, like, popped up and there's just this, like, insane score, like, creepy score, I was like, I'm scared, grubby. I, I, I think I told you, like, 
this gave me this movie gave me like a bone chilling moment. Yes, and that, and I told you equivalent to Tony Collette floating in the back of the yeah, room. Yeah, like this is the first time he's ever admitted to being scared during any movie we've seen. But this is like a psychological horror film, and it's by first time director Rose Glass, and it follows this nurse who. God damn it! I keep has, dropping like, my phone. <laughs> she recently has become religious. Like we see some like scene of her past where she's like working like as a nurse and like she had there's like some kind of like accident but we don't really know what happened there but we find that she has recently become like devoutly religious and she goes to take care of a dying patient who used to be like a dancer and now she has cancer and so she wants to like take care of her but um and you know she's very innocent and quiet at first and we realize though we find out that like Maud is a an adopted name that wasn't really her name or whatever because she sees somebody that she knew like from her prior life type thing and like her innocent and good natured deeds sort of like she becomes like overzealous and insane and is like um obsessed with like saving her patient like religiously religious wise yeah yeah but that, that i mean sums it up so they're both amazing. This is uh, the main actress's name is Morphid Clark, and then Jennifer L is in this also. And um, I don't know. It was just like I you, was scared. Yeah, we go between like the distorted like first person vision that she has of herself, and then she also has this like weird out of body like fantasy fantasy type like thing of what's going on where she's like she really thinks like she is. Like, she repents so much. There's a scene where she, like, puts nails in her shoes and, like, walks on oh, them. Oh, was it nails? I thought it was glass. Oh, no, it, it was, was nails. straight it up was nails. nails. Yeah. That's right. Man, that was cringy. It, it kind of hurt my feet. Yeah. <laughs> but A24 bought this. It's going to be probably out, I would say, spring of 2020. Yeah, it should hopefully get a nationwide theatrical release soon since well, they picked it up. You know how A24 goes. Just give them your money now. Yes. But this is definitely, definitely one that you're going to want to see. I mean, it's a it's a quick one. It's a 82 minutes. 80, not under 90 minute movies are a kink. Yeah. I think this is the scariest movie we've seen at a fest. Except Hereditary. Oh, yeah. I forgot we saw that at Sundance. <laughs> Dude, that was so insane. Can we just, when we saw Hereditary at Sundance, we had no idea what it was. The synopsis was just super brief. Like, maybe we thought it was going to be a ghost story. And then we saw it with, like... The Midnight Madness crew, and it was fucking insane. It wasn't a Midnight Madness movie. It was like a... We saw it... We did see it at Well, night. we saw it with like a fest audience, and like, it was insane. People were freaking out. You just... When, when Tony Collette floats... Like, there's that scene, she's in the corner of the bedroom, and then she yes. just floats out. You just hear everybody... And I was like, oh my gasp God. so loud. I think I got a chill, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? The lady next to me was like... Her husband was like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out where Tony Collette's best actress... Oscar is for Hereditary. Fuck you, Academy Awards. Uh, it should not. Well, I mean, I I agree with Olivia Coleman. She was good in the favorite, but Tony Collette. How do you not even give her a nomination or the Golden Globes? I just loved it because then we were like, okay, people need to see this movie. And then finally, it was like a year later, yeah, or something. Everybody was finally able to see it. And... But the thing is, I think for like one of our episodes at the end of the year, we should do like. Like a best actor, best actress category, best okay. movie, yes, and stuff like fun. that. Along with our top tens and whatnot. Um, the next movie we saw was The Giant. Mm. Um, I don't think Grubby really liked this movie. I was... This movie frustrated me, though. Like, so this movie was, like, super dark, 
but I, it was definitely supposed to be that way. This, okay, this movie is kind of slow, but it's one of those movies that, like, sticks with me just because of the mood, like, Who was in it this was film? so moody. What, what was this had from? Odessa Young in it, which is, like, the main actress from Assassination Nation, That's right, so yeah. I love her so much. Um, but basically, like, and they said this was, like, sort of based off their real life, Yeah, it like, was, like, town. Their, yeah, yeah. I remember them talking about that in the Q&A. That, yeah. That's why I stuck around, because, like, I, it's not that I didn't like the film, it's like I, I was very indifferent about it but sticking around for the Q&A kind of like so like I think a lot a lot of people would change their minds about movies or like kind of sway them in different ways if like there was Q&A's for literally every movie and you'd be like well why did this happen and then they kind of explain it to you mm-hmm. but like this was one of those movies that we did stick around for the Q&A and I'm kind of glad we did still kind of feel indifferent about it but well so so basically this was just basically about like a girl her name's charlotte and she lives like in small town georgia and there's like a series of murders and um also she had like a boyfriend who was like missing and so there's like this unknown killer like over the course of the summer and she's just kind of navigate like they just uh graduated from high school so they're all gonna be like moving on um and her mother also like had recently committed suicide so that's that traumatic thing too but basically um like I mean, it is a little confusing. Like, it feels like there's not that much going on, but it's just, like, this super dark, like, hallucinatory, like, but, like, gorgeously shot, I felt still. This movie was so dark, It was just very eerie and atmospheric. Like, it was... And that just, like, stuck with me. Like, there's this concept of the giant, which, like you kind of see at the end like th- so there's like thunderstorms do you even, do you even really see it because i think you just no, hear you just it. hear it so there's yeah. like thunderstorms going on during the the film also and then at the end they kind of like turn into like they sound like footsteps like big footsteps but um i think a lot of like i saw a lot of off-putting reviews for it was because it was so dark yeah and everybody's like does anybody know how to use a light but well like, yeah they called it like a gothic nightmare though i mean like don't get me wrong like I I was intrigued by the story because there was a serial killer in it, and I was like, oh, we can cover this. It's it's not a big movie. It's got a Desi Young in it. Some people know who she is, and the plot I liked, but I felt like it was so slow for a ninety minute movie, and it was so it was dark. kind of long, yeah. But that I think was it was just sort of like this mysterious aura that kept building and building, and then there's a conclusion, and you're just like. But the, the feeling of the movie kind of stays with you. Not really what happened, just like... But the darkness was also kind of like a character, he said. Yeah, he said it, yeah. Because you don't, like... You know, it's kind of like when you have underwater movies, you don't know what's out down there. Mm-hmm. And then for this, it's like you don't know what's out there. Yeah, he said he did that on purpose. Like, there's a scene where, like, her boyfriend is coming out of the corner, and it's insanely dark, and you're not sure. It's kind of... He was explaining how when you're looking at the dark in real life, where, like, you kind of think you see figures, but you're not really sure type yeah. thing. I mean, if it if it gets some sort of distribution, it's not for everybody. But, but it's definitely something you should check out. Yeah, nothing on it yet, but I think I think we're chugging along here. What, what do we we got have next? two more movies left. What's next? Next is Guns Akimbo. Oh shit! What's okay, that? we're super stoked for this movie because it's by the director of Deathgasm, which we fucking love. Jason Lee Howden. Yeah. It's playing fantastic. Go see it. And, you know, we've been waiting to see something new from him forever. We thought there was going to be a Deathgasm 2. There will be a Deathgasm 2. Supposedly there's going to be a Deathgasm 2. <laughs> he said he was writing it, I thought. I don't know. So, this movie did not disappoint. It was insanely fun. Like, Sorry. people were giving shitty reviews for it, and it was pissing me off. Well, I think it's because those people don't know how to have fun. Some moment along. 
weed eating. I thought the window was open for You guys second. stop out there. We're trying to record. <laughs> but this stars Daniel Radcliffe, smart We weed fucking eating. love Daniel. No, I, okay. You Dude, love Daniel I'm sorry, Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Well, he was great in Imperium and Horns and Swiss Army Man, one of my favorite movies. I don't care. (laughs) Swiss Army Man was fucking good. That movie's insane. Which, if you like Swiss Army Man, next week, go see The Death of Dick Long. You guys, yes. Did we talk about that yet? No, I think next week when I get back... Oh, we'll talk about it, right. I'll I'll just do kind of like a quick wrap-up. That's really loud. Yo, y'all need to stop out there. So, you want to take a pause real fast? Yes, pause. And yell at these people? All right, so we found out who the culprit was for the weed eater. It was your dad. <laughs> My bad. Okay. So, <laughs> so at the beginning of the movie, we like we spent some time getting to know Daniel Radcliffe's character. His name's Miles. He has asthma. He's a fucking like nerdy gamer guy. He's going through a breakup with like this hot Asian girl. He pretty much just talks shit on the internet and calls calls everybody a cuck. Oh my god. <laughs> right. So he like drunkenly begins trolling, like the comment section of this this uh thing called schism which is like a reality game show that live streams online and basically like criminals have to fight to the death like literal death and so to punish him for trolling the gamers like overseer richter who's like covered in tattoos like looks like he's from like mad max or something he shit. looks like your dad in real life <laughs> not your dad, but dad. Like, <laughs> no not your dad but like just a normal dad in real life how in the world does he look like somebody's dad richter the yeah. guy with the tattoos. Yeah. Whose dad fucking looks like that? Any normie looking dad? Oh my gosh. I think. I don't know. I don't think he looks like anybody's dad. But anyway, him and his like cronies kidnap Miles, bolt guns to his hands, like screw them into his hands, and then... I never knew that his hands were bolted together. Because you know, you see him in that picture that we post. Right. That it... picture that's been going around the internet with him in the slippers, like those are bolted to his hands. He's not carrying guns. So he like... Wakes up back at his apartment, and they're like, you know, you're you're up against Nick's. Like, they're going to make him... Who's played by Samara Weaving. Yes. Love her. She's fucking... She definitely stole his show. Yo, if movie. you thought she's, she was great and ready or not... Yeah, she's fucking sick She's in this fucking movie. badass even more in this one. Yeah, so she's the schism reigning champ, and they want him to fight against her. So... Like, first we see him back at his apartment, and he's, like, trying to adjust to his hands. He, like, is trying to get dressed with fucking guns for hands. Trying to take he, like, a piss. shoots something. <laughs> yeah, there's a part where he, like, has to pee, and obviously, like, he can't hold his dick with his gun hands, so he has to sit. I don't think that was his dick. Whatever. And then, so, so then, she, like, busts in the door, and, like, from then on, it's, like, a high-energy cat-and-mouse game, like. It's, like, crank if you did more cocaine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so she's, like, coke-driven. Like, she has to, like, snort coke to, like fight really well and stuff and there's like also like a backstory to her like she's like has trauma like sh- her parents died in a car crash type or not her parents just her, her mom. dad oh her, her mom. dad is the cop remember yeah that's right right so she like was in a fire so anytime she's by fire she like freaks out but anyway basically in schism if you fail you die if you try to leave town you die if you talk to the cops you die because like he was like i'm gonna flee town like blah 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 like, because there's a part where he's, like, trying to explain it to his ex-girlfriend, and she sees the guns and, like, flips the fuck out. Yeah, he just, like, launches himself into her car, and he's like, I don't want you to freak out, but, yeah. uh, and then sees the guns, she's like, and get she, the fuck out! She pepper sprays him. But, yeah, Samara Weaving, I feel like, definitely stole the show. Like, like, uh, Daniel Radcliffe becomes sort of, like, a, un, he's, like, the, like, a hero of the show, but, like, it's weird because he was, like, a dork. And then Samara Weaving is this, like, crazy badass who, like, only shoots dudes in the dicks. Only in the dick. 
which I love. No, she she would do headshots and then she would shoot no, him in the dick. No, it was only in the dick. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and she had like tons of like crazy one-liners in the movie. She there was some there was some cringeworthy one-liners too. But I, don't care. I, I, I kind of I, I like when I'm seeing a movie like this, I don't take it seriously. Right. So I think people did though, and they were like, "Uh." I think it would have made great for like a midnight because it wasn't a part of the midnight madness program it was a special presentation mm-hmm. movie and i feel like if it was shown as a midnight madness movie it would have been better received. better yeah a better reception but like daniel radcliffe was great and it smart weaving was great smart, you might have seen images of her from the movie now she had like bleached eyebrows and like gold fangs she got tattoos, tattoos on her face shooting dudes in the dick i'm um, sorry i just so they team up at the end do you basically. think do you think that uh you'll you'll we can give her a nomination already for Best Actress in a Horror Film. Yeah, I love her. There's no distribution for this yet either, but it'll probably be out in 2020. So maybe, I don't know, who put out Deathgasm? I think Dark Sky Films did. So maybe they'll reciprocate and do another one for him. Yes. Which this- is fine. But go into this movie. Don't take it seriously. Just have fun with it. Pretend you're watching, like, Crank, or I've seen... Well, pe- Deathgasm was not fucking serious. There's, like, the dildo fight scenes. Like, that movie was sick. I mean, Deathgasm is a great movie. Yeah, exactly. But, like, people were comparing it to, like, Scott Pilgrim. This movie? Yeah. Just I, because of the whole, like, video game S. Yeah. I don't... I'm not even that big of a fan of... I don't like Scott Pilgrim. I saw yeah. that for the first time recently. Luna and I watched really? it. Really? Yes. I, I saw never it, like, it. I think when it first came out, and I, I don't like What's-His-Face. Who? Um, fuck. Who plays Scott Pilgrim? Michael Cera? Yeah. Is that who plays him? I don't really care for him. I like him. I, he I, was I, funny in, um... What's that gambling movie we saw? The girl? The famous girl? The real Molly's life? Game? Yeah, Molly's Game. He was funny oh, in that. Oh, I forget he was in that. But, like... I, I think this could be like another Deathgasm, like, you know, like the music box played at midnight. Have fun with it. Yeah, for sure. If it was based off of fun, like, I would give this a five out of five. We gave it a three out of five. Three and a half. But I think it's more, yeah, three and a half out of five, but I think it's more like a four. I don't know. I, I'd leave, I like it. I'd, I'd leave it at three and a half. I mean, there were some cringy one-liners, and then they're, like, you know, it's over the top, but like... And it's not anything, like, new. Just take John Wick on more cocaine and... Or not John Wick. Daniel crank, Radcliffe. crank on more cocaine and add John Wick Running killing. Running man. Running man. <laughs> um. Okay. So we're on to our last movie, and this is the one that we did not like. I mean. Okay. This it, is the thing. It this... had things going for it, but then it kind of took took a downward spiral. Okay. This movie is called The Vigil, and all the reviews coming out of TIFF are saying, "Oh, this is the scariest movie they've ever had at TIFF." Did blah they blah watch blah Saint blah. Maud? <laughs> yeah, this movie was absolutely not scary to us. Like, if you like movies like Annabelle and stuff with jump scares, like, you'll like this movie. You'll think it's scary. I did like the premise of it, though, because it was yes. new and interesting. So, basically, like, one of the things that we love about TIFF, especially, like, the Midnight Madness and, like, the Midnight Madness programmer Peter talked about this, is he likes to try to get movies, like, from people who don't often have a voice in film. He That's gets why a lot he of first-time in, like, directors, too. He brought in, like, Blood Quantum and the... What was the one... The one that they played on the last night, where they brought in the people from Uganda. Oh, Crazy World. The, yeah. The Kowalywood film. Yeah. So this one, um, this is about like Jewish culture. Like there were, because uh, he likes to bring a movie. Yeah, he was saying he likes to bring in movies that exist like outside of mainstream in- infrastructure. So we have all these horror movies with like the Christian, Ugh. you know, <laughs> horror. 
horror films or like specifically like Catholic. But this went with the Jewish Orthodox. Right. Direction. So instead, this was all about like Jewish superstition and stuff. And there's so basically the main character, he's like estranged from the Jewish community at the time, like the Orthodox Jewish community. And they're in Brooklyn. And he's like desperate for rent money. A little so, side note. Um, not the main character, but the guy that hires him mm-hmm. as the showmer was in Manishi, oh. which is an A24 movie I recommend. But anyway, yeah, so this this man approaches him to be a shomer, which is, like, the ritualistic practice of, like, looking over somebody from the community's, like, dead body, like, over an, a period of one night. I think it's, like, to protect them from, like... It's evil spirits. Right. Yeah. Like, as they're going into, like, their next whatever. Until they get... What? Who, who comes... Like, just the coroner comes to pick the body up or something? Right. So, um... So he agrees to do this because he's desperate for money. And... But, like, right away, like, it's so familiar. Like, he goes to this house, there's the corpse, and basically, like, everything that happened was, you know, he's settling into his duties for the night, and there's, like... He's also trying to hook up with this girl that was in, like, uh, in the beginning of the movie, he was at a... They're at, like, a support group for people in the Jewish community who have left the community, basically, and are, like, trying to live a normal life. But, um, yeah, I mean, so basically, like... It was unique because it was, you know... The story was unique. The story, yeah. The premise, and, like, there's, like, a backstory of, like, his younger brother dying in an accident because, like, people were bullying him for being Jewish, like, trying to cut his locks, and then he, like, runs in the street and gets hit by a car type thing. So I think this was, like, very important, and, like, it sort of, like, confronted the collective trauma of the Jewish community and all that kind of stuff, and that was really cool. But, yeah, once they were in the house it was just like a cliche haunted house story basically that's reminiscent of everything else we've seen and it's just you know if jump scares do this for you then you'll enjoy the film if they don't i mean everything that was going on you know it was cool because it was there was like jewish urban legends about like this demon thing or whatever yeah like 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 we were talking about in the beginning um like the story the premise of it was pretty cool but then like it just equivalented into a typical like Annabelle movie except they mm-hmm. instead of Christian faith it was Jewish right and people had said that oh like this is something that he could turn into a franchise type thing please like, don't yeah, turn that's it. exactly like what do it is. not so. like could you imagine if Annabelle merged into the vigil and they just had like then you then you start bringing in all these other religious um folklores and whatnot right. like evil spirits I would hope that they wouldn't do that but um this was uh the director his name's Keith Thomas this was his directorial debut like this was his first movie so it was pretty good I mean but also not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, would I see it again? No. If someone that hasn't seen it, give it a chance. Like, maybe your opinion will differ from us. But it's got those typical jump scares. It, there was one part of the movie that was just super loud and, like, my ears started to hurt. Because it was that loud, loud, like, staticky part. You remember? Right. And I was just like... But after the movie, I think... Like, I'm glad we both agreed that this was just not... It. What is George fucking doing this shit again? <laughs> All right, George is done again. Keeps keeps interrupting us. But the vigil, we posted the review for that. We gave it a two out of five. Don't get me wrong. Like, we're not gonna tell you not to see it. Like, it's just our opinion. That's all. You don't have to take. I our think opinion. it would do good with mainstream horror fans. You think like if uh, like a Blumhouse <coughs> or something like that picks up? I don't think I've seen anything about distribution for it mm-hmm. yet. But, like, maybe, like, a Blumhouse picks it up and just kind of throws it out there, kind of like how they did with, like, Don't Let Go and 
Ma, don't make me drink alone. <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, God, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> so, before we wrap it up, granted, this wasn't also a horror film or anything like but it's that. It's like a crime. It's a crime thriller. It's Adam Sandler. We got to fucking see Adam Sandler. My dad. It was so amazing. He was so precious. We got to see Uncut Gems. And it was fucking sick. The Safdie brothers, who did Good Time. Which was also sick. Robert Pattinson is great in that movie, if you're one of those shit talkers on Robert Pattinson. Like, what is the... You just showed me that they're going to post the trailer. A24 said that they're going to come out with a trailer for Uncut Gems on the 24th. So, we will be posting the Uncut Gems trailer on the 24th. All right. Do we really even need, need to dive that much into it? Because it's just... Kevin Garnett. He, Kevin Garnett's in it, and he was great. He wasn't there at the Q&A. It's got Lakeith Stanfield from Sorry to Bother You and Get Out. And uh, Julia Fox, who was like a Vine superstar or some shit like that. I don't know. It was her first role, I believe. And uh, I really want the tracksuit that the one guy had. <laughs> the bad guy? Yeah. That was his first movie. Yeah. Um, basically, it's just... Adam Sandler is a jewelry store owner, and... That's another movie about the Jewish community. Yeah, but he, like... Family. He owns a jewelry store, and he gets these, like, He has a gambling gem- problem. Yeah. That's the whole reason. Okay, so the part when he's betting on the Celtics game, I felt that. Because that's how I am on DraftKings, <laughs> when I'm winning. But he ultimately loses everything. But, well, he yeah. wins and loses. Yes. So, um... I don't want to dive too much into that, but... But look out for that trailer. We'll post it on the 24th. Yeah, we're, we're going to post it anyways. Uh, that's going to be out in December. It's 824. Of course, they're going to just take your money anyways. That That's our Toronto Film Fest wrap-up. Those were all the movies we saw. Great. That, how many fucking movies was that? Like, like 12? 16. Five. Well, we oh, didn't, total. We didn't we talk, didn't talk about... Because we saw Marriage Story. We saw Seaberg. I feel like there's some other movies that we saw that we didn't really talk about. Well, we talked a little bit about Sound of Metal. We kind of talked a lot about it. I was going to see the laundromat, but then whatever. I was wandering the streets looking for beans. Did you find any? <laughs> yes, I did. Remember? Then we went. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, that was the gap when we had for Guns Akimbo. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you want to do next week? You kind of want to do, like, the death of Dick Long, like. Um, well, what what's coming out? You're the one that always knows. Um, I mean, I'll be at Fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, like, I'll probably just give you, like, my top. Abominable. Abominable is an animated movie. Shut up, okay? <laughs> they played Toronto. But, uh, Fantastic, I got, like, 35 movies. And are there... Tell him he's rude for seeing all these movies without me. This is not my fault. It's his fault. It is not my fault. But, like, I'll see the antenna... The Other Lamb, which played Toronto. I guess it's like a culty type movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, After Midnight, the Henry Zabrowski movie. Uh, I'll try to throw up some... I'll try to do some reviews throughout the week. I'll bring my little notepad. Don't give me that look. I, I'm i sorry. I failed miserably last year at writing reviews for Fantastic, and I wrote one. <laughs> and it was for Cam. So watch Cam on Netflix. Um, Homewrecker, which has the girl from Starry Eyes. Uh, some other ones. The 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 Buffalo movie. I want to see that. There's a movie that we missed at Toronto. Um, it played while we were there, but there wasn't like a good time slot for it for us. 
But they were comparing it to like Jaws. Yeah. Of the Jaws of yeah. India. So it's about a, a buffalo that just goes, goes fucking rampant. wild and just kills everybody. <coughs> and then VFW, Joe Bagos' new movie. And then the this one movie, Butt Boy. Butt Boy? Butt Boy. That's you. I think I told you about this. Yeah, and I said it was you then too. Uh, <laughs> uh, Coco di Coco da, which was that movie that Coco when, when we were at fucking Fantasia, it was just a picture of the cat. Oh, yeah. Okay, I need to know. Hey, if anybody from Fantasia is listening, we need to know why everybody meowed before the movies. Is it kind of like when people go, arrrr? Well, that's the pirating thing, though. I, I get that. I don't get that. So at Fantasia, before every movie started, when the like when it would go dark, everybody would be like, meow. Yeah, it, it was very weird. It was very weird. Um, trying to see what else is on my schedule that I, I can talk about. You want me to save the Golden Glove for you and we can talk about that? I'll, I'll, I have it penciled in for the 26th, but it comes out that Friday. So we could do The Death of Dick Long, The Golden Glove. Uh, give me two seconds here and I'll see what good old Fandango has. <laughs> Hustlers. <laughs> Hustlers is getting rave reviews. First Love. Oh, we could do First Love. Takashi Miki's new movie. Um, do we need to talk about this? Yeah. People want to know what we're going to do next week because I'm not going to sit here and talk about 35 movies by myself. <laughs> uh, Random Acts of Violence, which has got the guy from How to Train Your Durango. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Preston or something? J- oh, Jay Bar- Bar- Burchall or something like that. But next week we'll do Death of Dick Long, The Golden Glove, and First Love. So... I'm about to go get on a plane to go to Fantastic. She's gonna watch Stranger Things or something. What? <laughs> we watched that day one. Uh, what are you gonna watch while I'm gone? Donut. Rambo, but Last Blood. Why don't you just go see Hustlers? I'm, we're gonna go on a mini vacation without you to where? make jelly. To where? Peanut butter jelly time? Peanut butter jelly time. All right. Um, you can find us on, before we get too carried away here and just start babbling about dumb shit about our lives for the next week, uh, you can check us out on Instagram at Final Cut Film Reviews. We post all of our reviews and we'll post trailers there and whatnot. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can give us a follow and you can retweet our stuff like Wrinkles the Clown. Yeah, everybody's talking about that now, and I was like, oh, we posted that almost two weeks ago. So if you guys would actually follow us like good friends, like you said you were going to, you would know. Hey, I support your guys' bands. I know yeah. some of you. <laughs> so uh, um, give us a follow and retweet us every once in a while. It'll help my... my, my uh, boost your ego. Yes, boost my ego. <laughs> but... Uh, um, yeah, so Twitter, we're at Final Cut Right. And then we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Stitcher. Stitcher. Is that it? Mm-hmm. We didn't get the Google Play because no one has a fucking Android. Yeah, I can't... F- if you guys know... If, if there's a way to upload a podcast onto Google without having an Android, then let us know and we'll get it on there for you. Yes. And uh, I want to give a quick shout out. I was listening to this podcast yesterday when I was mowing. There's some friends of ours... 
well, for friends of mine that I talk to on the internet about films, uh, go listen to the Green Sticker podcast. Um, Devin's just really angry on there oh. about some movies because he'd be like, "That's that's fucking stupid," and I'd be like, "Yeah, I totally agree with it." Because they they just released their first episode like last week or something, and they talked about they. I think they dived into like Jason X, Halloween Five, and the Blair Witch Two. Blair Witch Two. Which I remember seeing Jason X in theaters when I was in high school. And I think when I was like 17, I was like, this movie's so cool. And now I'm just like, why the fuck did I watch this in the theater? And Book of Shadows too. No, I, I'm sorry, but anybody on that podcast, I don't agree with Book of Shadows. That movie sucked. Same thing with Blair Witch, the original. And the remake. <laughs> so, uh, is that it? that it yes don't spill your beans Sorry, i'll be at fantastic i'll be at fantastic i'm gonna try to get the password back to get into all the shit <laughs> i don't know thanks for listening to us um if it's your first time thanks for coming if it's your leave us a five time that'd be awesome too. leave us a five star review write a write a lovely review about us and be nice tell me you have a crush on me what <laughs> Tell me you have a crush on me. Is this what you're gonna do when I leave for a week? You want you want secret crushes while I'm gone until I get back? Go see Manos when it comes out next week. Go see Hustlers. I don't know. Go see Hustlers because I guess it was better than the Goldfinch because that movie fucking flopped. Poor Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, but he has like this weird Russian accent in it. I guess. Oh really? Yeah, That's funny. and I think he kisses that. Ansel Edgert or something. It looks like it in the trailer. I don't know. Well, I love both of them and I would like to see them kiss. Okay. Alright. Alright, well, we'll catch you next week. Death of Dick Long. First Love. And the Golden Glove. For new now. New news, too. New news, new trailers. We'll new trailers. Please re- retweet them. Like them. Stop posting them on your own because we get them first. <laughs> Not really, but just be our <laughs> friends. We like friends. No, you, you hate friends. I, I like some friends. I like some friends. Hell, we may have even have a contest for Chicago Film Fest. We may just buy two tickets for one of our... We've done two giveaways so far, and those were a while ago now. So we gave away Heredity ti- Hereditary. What was the other one? And we also gave away the Black Christmas... Oh, the Collector's Edition. The good Black Christmas. With the Stranger Things plush, the 11 plush. That was a sick giveaway. Yes. So... Until next week, we'll see you at the movies. I'm going to go sit 12 hours a day at each fucking movie for eight days. Anything you want to add? I'm going to go eat beans. Okay. Bye.